Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. And give us the overview real quick, uh, Tom. Kind of give us the give us the three-minute elevator pitch of the business and the service as it stands today. Go for it. Yeah, I, I focus on helping leaders build effective teams to scale their business. Nice and, and simple. Uh, I like that. <laughs> uh, does it lean towards original founders who haven't scaled and, and grown before? Um, is that kind of your special secret sauce? And also, two-part question, um, are you targeting certain sizes? In fact, I think you are, because I think it said... Uh, oh gosh, I think you actually spell it out on your website somewhere. It's a, you, I think you either have the volume or the or the headcount in there that you kind of specialize in, right? So, yeah, two part question there. Yeah, so I work with both founders. I also work with managers in bigger organizations as well. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, uh, and it's about how do you scale the team to grow the leadership that you need more broadly in the organization as a as a collective energy system driving toward common set of objectives. Um, and gotcha. for for businesses that are scaling up, it's typically about the 150 to 200 employee size where all of a sudden the, the founder no longer has control. Um, yep. right. they, they may want to exert control, uh, and which is often the case, but they yeah. no longer have control because they've got a team of people and teams of teams going on to really scale the organization. So helping founders figure out how do I go through that transition? How do I build a leadership system that is going to pursue the mission, the purpose, the objectives that we have? And how do I develop my own leadership capacity and the leadership team with me? that can mm. scale that through the organization. And that's one of the core things I learned um, when I started at HP, Bill and Dave were still involved. They'd grown it over the about 49, you know, 45 years um, since uh, well, I joined. I joined at about the 45 year mark and they'd grown it to 5 billion and 80,000 employees. So they'd figured something out about how do you scale a business? Yes. And I learned a lot just coming in as a new engineer and then a, a leader helping take that further um, over time. Yes. So which one do you enjoy more? The 100 person uh, company that's going to grow to 500 and you're dealing with a startup founder or do you enjoy the Fortune 500 company where you're helping some VPs or directors scale their teams? They're both different challenges. Um, and, and the EP 
reached the point where they're no longer in control uh, and they're needing to influence and they're working through complex organization structure. Um, I've done a lot of mentoring of founders that are in the early fundraising stage. We have a, a venture capital organization based in Salt Lake that serves the Boise area. So I've done some mentoring of some of their companies that are coming through, um, mm. which is a great pleasure to do. Uh, and I've done a little bit of work with people in that 200 size uh, as well. And that that's something I'm interested in more of because they're in that, now we've hit a growth phase. Uh, how do we manage growth? And that mm. was some of the most exciting product category work I did was you get a category, all of a sudden it's taken off. Now, mm -hmm. how do I manage that? What about uh, mergers, acquisitions, where you're transitioning uh, uh, and smashing two cultures together? How about that? Uh, it's challenging. <laughs> yeah. Can be, can, <laughs> can be interesting. Uh, and uh, many fail. Yes, you're absolutely right. You know why? Because there's human beings involved. <laughs> we, well, so talk about complex systems. Each of us is a complex adaptive organism itself. And learning how to manage myself, and then how do I help others do the same and influence teams? That's yes, a, that's a never-ending learning proposition. It really is, as long as the person's open to to, to learning. You know, yeah, managing and leading people is a hard enough job by itself when you have to do that either in a high growth uh, situation for revenue or a merger or something where there's another culture slamming in. I mean, you know, yeah, very difficult and lots of human beings yeah. and e egos and personalities, all these things involved, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the one that I get to see the most uh, at recruiting firm Riderflex uh, is because most of our uh, recruiting work is done in startup to small, uh, up to some medium, but, you know, we'll call it startup to medium. So sm smaller groups. And often we will work with founders that are still in charge, so to speak, either as the CEO or the, or the majority cap table holder. And, to your point earlier, it's time for them to let go either because the business has outgrown them or because they did lose control due to, due to a series a, but, but they haven't realized it yet. <laughs> so, and then, and then dealing and dealing with those egos and personalities uh, is what I see the most. And I just know it can be super challenging because it's their baby. They've, you know, they spent eight years building it. They almost killed themselves. They put all this risk, you know, uh, up front and, and, you know, sacrificed family time and all these things to get it built. And then one day somebody says, Hey, thanks a lot, Fred, you know, good job, but you're not in charge anymore. And it's very hard for them to, to let go and let other people do things. So I get to see that. Uh, and I have had many conversations with them. I am not a professional coach, coach like you though. But my point of this rant is that I know the people like that needs your help. I know people like that could use your service. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's very human. 
So it's kind of built into the way we operate as, as human beings to when, when any of us take ownership of something, letting yes. go of whatever that is, I mean, even in small children, they don't want to share their toy. That's true. Sometimes <laughs> it takes a while to figure out. Well, letting go can actually be very freeing. Mm. And uh, yes, yes. Deciding yes. when to let go, when to it, is tricky. Yep. Do you? Um, so you'll take any you'll you'll take any industry. Then are you in industry agnostic? Are you? Does it matter to you? What do you specialize in there? So I I specialize in technical situations. Um, okay. Part of that's just my background in engineering, but dealing with some type of technology uh, basis, whether it's uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, uh, even retail has become a high technology way of operating because of the mixed channels, the omni-channel. Mm -hmm. And a mindset where everything from e-commerce to pick up in store to deliver at home to uh, retail is now high technology based uh, mm -hmm. in the way it does business. So those kinds of organizations are a good fit for me. Okay, very good. And what's the model, Tom? Is it a um, is it an engagement fee? per the size of the organization, per the number of people you're going to be working with? Do you have, uh, are you creative on the contracts? We'll walk, walk, walk the listener through some of that. Sure. So it depends upon what they're looking for. If they're looking for individual executive coaching, um, th that's typically an engagement fee. We figure out a, a time frame for what might be really make a difference and then an engagement fee for that. If it's working with a leader in their team, again, we kind of map out the scope of work of what that might be. Um, at any point in time, if the leader and our team decide this isn't a good fit, we stop. Um, okay. It, okay. it ends when it's no longer productive. And if it if it's not a good fit for me, I will bring that up as well and say, you know, this isn't a good fit for me. Let's bring it to a, a effective close um, and not go any farther. I, I love that approach. You know, I think our clients, I think this happens for every service business. Sometimes your clients get hung up in, in the service level agreement or contract. You know, they get hung up with the, the details of the language. And, and I always tell them, I'm like, look, here, here's the deal. I, I don't care what paper we sign. If you call and say, you don't want to work with us anymore, I'm not going to make you work with us like i don't care what we're signing here so what <laughs> uh, you know and vice versa yeah. by the way yeah vice versa it's if, not if you're good ask, for either of us let's stop i mean yeah i'm not gonna we're not gonna sue each other to make us work together i mean what, what, are, what are you talking about so <laughs> uh, it's such a great point uh okay and what makes i hope this is a fair question i don't mean to put you on the spot but but what makes tom unique or special I, I i mean the reason i want to ask that is because i mean i just know a ton of people in in this line of work many of them have been on the rider flex podcast um why tom why why tom what what's the how do you differentiate yourself there if you, if you don't mind me asking sure so it's a combination of 
experiences that I've had, uh, mm -hmm. the training and coming at this from a, a systemic perspective of uh, we're all dealing with these complex systems, including ourselves. Now, how do we go about doing that? Um, and it's whether it's a chemistry fit with the, the leader in the organization. So I'm a better fit with some people. For others, I'm not a good fit. And we figure that out as part of the initial conversations. Give me an and example. I'd encourage anyone. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you right yeah, there. Can you ahead. can you can you share with me an example of a personality client that you fit with versus one you don't, if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah. So I work with a lot of people that have had a significant amount of technical training. And they're very thoughtful, analytical, building from that approach. Um, mm. And they, they're often working to create an ordered, or well-organized, well-controlled uh, environment. Uh, and people, we aren't always that way. <laughs> and, and so the challenge is to, how do I, how do I learn to be as effective thinking systemically working with people uh, okay and okay and put that together so it's that those that's where it's a good fit so a messy fast-paced loud aggressive uh culture uh that's uh i don't know sales or fintech or, or not fintech i mean i'm trying to think of a good example i don't know apparel i, I don't know something and the CEO is just kind of winging it and uh, not not very thoughtful. That's probably not a good fit for you. <laughs> we probably wouldn't find the chemistry that says, yeah. Now, <laughs> if that individual is saying, you know, I need to figure this out because this isn't a good, what I'm doing isn't working the way I there want it to. Yes. Now that's an opportunity. And and if, I'd say that's yeah, true yeah. Um, with everyone I work with. They've they've reached the point where they said, you know, what was working for me um, isn't working the way I wanted to now, and I'm mm -hmm. interested in what might you be able to help me do. And then we start there. Now the problem with that is though, or the challenge I should say, is that I've been around people like that who say, okay, I'm ready to change, you know, and then you come in and you're like, hey. This is what we need to do. This is what I recommend. And then, you know, because they've made a little bit of money in the past and let's say the company's still producing a profit, you know, and the person you're talking to is 58 years old. He said he wanted to change. He told his wife he wanted to change. Then Tom came in and Tom gave him a list of things he needs to change. And then he woke up and he's like, ah, you know, I've always done it this way. That's when Tom says, hey, I got to go. <laughs> well, I, I think I, what I would say is saying I want to change isn't enough. Great, great comment. Yeah, it, it isn't. Doesn't, doesn't. And I say I want to change all the time and I don't. <laughs> right? so, so what What am I willing to change today? Mm. What am I willing to put into practice now? If I'm willing to put something now, let's not make it too big and onerous. Let's make it a step in the direction. Let's make it a reasonably safe, pragmatic step that I'm willing to experiment with. 
Uh, and if mm. one one step leads to oh wow that was different now i'm beginning to learn about what does it mean to change myself mm. i can't change anybody they only they can change themselves so mm -hmm. what small steps are they ready to take now on the path to where they want to be how soon tom do you have pretty direct aggressive conversations and let me i guess let me ask the question this way i've met you seem like a very high morals straight shooter high values type of guy i mean that's my read on you in the first seven minutes right like i i just uh, can't see you uh ever doing you you seem like a very rule rule following uh, high value type guy, uh, you know, if I'm reading the situation right, but I've been around many consultants that, you know, th it's all about build hours. Um, in fact, they're trained that way, depending on what organization they're in, they're trained to ease into an environment, ask lots of questions, gather data, and then they'll start feeding things to the, the client. But they're doing it carefully because they don't want to piss off Johnny. Cause if they piss Johnny off, then Johnny fires them and they're out the door and they're not building hours anymore. So they have to be very careful not to hurt Johnny's feelings. And they're very careful and, and filtered about what they tell Johnny. Cause they need to keep the client for a little while. Uh, I've seen that a million times. Um, yeah. How soon I, I'm, I'm just going to guess that you don't operate with a, I'm going to trap this client into as many hours as I can get. I, I just don't read that from you. Uh, so how quickly will you, will you set an owner down and say, Johnny, like you need to stop. You need to like, how quickly are you having aggressive conversations? Well, I think it's from the beginning of, as you and I just talked about, is there a change you're willing to make today mm. to start on the path toward where you say you want to be? And, and if you're not ready to do that, okay, then call me when you're ready. Or come, we're done. Yeah. Call me when you're ready. <laughs> but let's not, let's not waste your time or my time, but because right. we've, we've all said in our lives, I want to do this differently and then yeah. not, not taking the first step. It's the hardest for people that have made money, I think. Uh, you know, not, not, I don't want to say it in millionaires necessarily, but you know, millionaires are, if they've, if they've, uh, scaled and sold or had a successful exit or they've made a little bit of money, man, it's hard to get those people to, to do things differently. Cause they just, you know, they, they got that, that ego that happens when you have a successful exit and they're like, you know, I can do anything. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know. we, we've gotten the reward mechanism that says, I, I actually know how to do this. And I right. can do it. And, and and who are you to tell me? Yes. <laughs> because I know. And and anybody who reaches higher up in an organization can fall into that trap. Agreed. I fell into that trap. And yeah, I was totally middle management in HP. And I felt like I knew things. And I realized I actually didn't. Um, there were <laughs> things I didn't understand and I didn't do well. And my manager said, given me hints um i'm not a i needed to go yeah. figure that out 
you know, I'm not a psychologist by any means, but uh, now that I'm had over 300 guests on the podcast, and of course I've hired and fired people for 30 plus years. I know people pretty, I know, I know myself really well. And I, I think a lot of people do this, right? So we're, we're cocky when we're in our twenties, even though we don't know anything. And then, you know, thirties and forties come along and then we're cocky and we start thinking we know everything. And then for me in my fifties, I've really just gotten very comfortable with admitting and talking out loud about what I don't know and what I'm not good at. And it doesn't bother me. (laughs) And we can still change. If we choose to. If we choose to. That's right. Right. And most people, I mean, our cells are changing all the time. Yes. Yes, It's our minds. It's shifting our mind when we choose to. And, And so figuring out how to make mind shifts to say, well, you know, I thought this was the way I wanted to do it. And, and I want to consider some new ways of doing it. And we can practice new things. So one of my teachers uh, um, and, and other people have kind of said this, uh, we become what we practice. So if I want to become different than what I am now, what am I going to practice now mm-hmm. to become that? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So... Are you enjoying this this life? You've been doing it now for a few years. Do you, do you like what you're doing? Do you miss the HP days? You know how are you how are you doing? I love this. Um, part of it is it gives me flexibility. I can work yes. virtually from just about anywhere. Um, it gives me flexibility in my calendar. I can set aside time to meet with clients. I can also be available to go help my parents when they need me to um, help uh, go visit my mm, grandson and son and mm, daughter-in-law. So this is, I mean, part of what I wanted when I was, I was 52 when I left HP. Um, I wanted something that I could do till I was 90 because my grandparents all worked till then. Why, why wouldn't I? Um, I don't know whether I'll work that long, but uh, I wanted something that I enjoyed doing that was working with people in complex situations. And mm. uh, if I can make a difference with a few people every year, th- that's that's my satisfaction out of this. We're very similar, my friend. I started recruiting from RiderFlex for very similar reasons. A, I wanted to work remote and do something where I could travel to see my grandchildren and my kids and my family. Uh, I didn't want to be trapped and I wanted to travel in my own style and in my own way, not on airplanes, which I was sick of doing. Um, And then the other thing was secondly, that matched your reasoning was I wanted to be able to do it as I got older and, uh, you know, physically or whatever. I knew I could do it from anywhere until I got to be, you know, mid seventies or whatever. Um, So very similar, Uh, you know, I'm recruiting and, and your leadership coaching, but uh, we did it for very similar reasons. The freedom of running a service business. Now I do have, empl- we have about 30 people involved at RiderFlex now. So I do have employees and we have a lot of people involved, but I'm still in charge of the cap table. So if I want to get in my RV and go to Missouri and visit family, I, I don't have to ask anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so I like that. Yeah. So we did it for very similar reasons. Um, very good. So if anybody wants to um, reach out, is it best to just, uh, Go to the website. You want to tell us the URL one more time, the website link? 
Sure. You can go to my website, www.generativeleadershipgroup.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Tom Hardison on LinkedIn. Those are the two best ways. Okay. Very good, my friend. And are you available? Are you booked out a year? What's your, what's the status there? If we, if somebody wants to hire you. I'm available. I have some flexibility. I typically have clients I'm working with some on a six month cycle uh, and some on a 12 month. Uh, and so there's always some rotation going on. Okay. Very good. Remember when we didn't have LinkedIn and all we had was Rolodex and we had to use payphone. You remember those days, Tom? Yeah. And those pink slips when some, someone took a call message right. for you, <laughs> all the, all the showing our age with those kinds uh, of things. <laughs> uh, do you remember, do you remember, I'm sure you remember this getting off the airplane. You had to try to get to the pain payphone wall first, right? Cause the payphone wall was usually right outside and everybody's trying to get up to get to the payphone. If not, you had to walk down in the next row. <laughs> yes. The, so one of my favorite memories as a kid was going to Los Angeles International and checking for the change that had been returned that people hadn't that's taken right. out, of the, out of the pay. That's so right. Yeah, it's so, so true. I remember that. 